welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Wednesday, September the 20th, 2023. On this edition of The Politocrat, voting, voting, and voting. And, if you're black, haven't you had enough yet? I'll talk about that and more. Coming up next... Greetings, hello everyone, welcome to this brand new edition of The Politocrat. Nice to have you aboard on this Wednesday. I hope you are well, hope you've been well the last few days since the last time you heard from me here. The Politocrat is here and back in full effect and I hope you are too. Don't forget, do not forget that tough times do not last. Tough people do. And if you are going through a tough time right now, dear listener, I I want you to know that Um, I'm in full support of you and I believe in you and I think you um, should know that. And so just persevere. It must be very difficult. It must be very painful. I know that you're going to make it through to the other side and I have every confidence in you to do just that. So here we are on the 20th of September. My God, this month has just zoomed by. You know, unlike last month when it seemed like every day seemed to take three days to get through, (laughs) this month has absolutely flown. We are literally 10 more days away from the end of this month. And I should say that we are just three days away from the beginning of fall. Summer will officially end this Saturday. That's right. To be precise, 2.50 in the morning Eastern time will be the beginning of fall, the beginning of autumn all over the world. The autumnal equinox. And so that is going to be the moment where the fall officially begins and summer will officially be over. You know, we always talk about Labor Day here in the United States as the marking the unofficial end of summer. You know, well, you know, there's still... It is unofficial because it's still two plus more weeks, two and a half more weeks um, until summer is officially over. But in this case, we're just three days away from the end of summer. And I guess it's a good thing now to ask you, how was your summer? Did your summer go the way you wanted it to? Did you make the most of summer? What did you find yourself doing? Were you productive this summer? I like to think that I had a pretty damn good summer. I like to think that I was very productive. I think I could have been more productive, though. And overall, I must say that summer went pretty darn well. Now, again, um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But what was your summer like? I mean, summer vanished. It's, It's pretty much gone. We're just three days away from the end of it. So... You know, what was your summer like? I hope you give some thought to all those things. You know, every summer isn't the same. You know, I can't say that I've had uh, every summer be great for sure. I I hope that your summer was good. I hope that it was productive. I hope that uh, you got the most out of your summer that you could get and um, that you continue to bring that spirit into the fall because fall is going to be over real fast. I think the quickest season of the year is the fall. 
I really think fall just vanishes. It just va- it just vanishes. And then by the time you get to December, you, you are full on into winter, of course. But, um, you know, middle, you know, 20 some odd 21st or 22nd of December, whenever it's going to be, you get to winter. But I think the fall goes by so fast of all the seasons. Spring eh, might go by quick. Summer, yeah, this summer went by fast. But I think the fall goes by even faster than that. So that is all I wanted to say about that. I should also add, before I get uh, too far in here, we had a lot of news over the last few days, you know, a lot of stuff that's distracting. You know, all the nonsense that's being said about President Biden is just nonsense. It's designed to distract you. And so, dear listener, you know this, and you know that it doesn't matter how old or young someone is in office, it matters about two things. One, are they healthy? And President Biden's been given clean bills of health over and over again. And two, are they getting things done for their constituents and for, in this case, the American public? And the answer is yes, Yes and yes. There's so many things that this Biden administration has accomplished over two and a half plus years. So many things. You can talk about the bipartisan gun bill that passed, which hadn't been passed in over 30 years. You can talk about the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. You can talk about the lowering of the cost of insulin. And, you know, lowering that to $35 a pop, it's usually something like $700 a pop. You can talk about the student loan forgiveness program that Biden implemented. You can talk about the fact that even though the court struck that down, you can still go on the website there regarding student loans. Just type in student loans Biden website. And you should be able to get the website. You can still try to get your loans forgiven. And I know of people who have called in to the Joe Madison program. That would be the Black Eagle on Sirius XM channel 126, The Urban View. And called in to say they got forgiven student loan debts of more than $200,000 in some cases. I am not exaggerating. I'm telling you exactly what I heard. And I didn't hear it wrong, dear listener. So... That's an accomplishment that the Biden administration has done. You've got to also talk about the infrastructure bill. I mean, which makes broadband available to all, which helps um, lower the uh, carbon footprint, which helps do all kinds of things with transportation. You've got to talk about the lowering of the unemployment rate to its lowest levels in over 50 years. Got to talk about that. You've got to talk about lowering the deficit by $1.1 trillion, by, excuse me, by $10 trillion or $10 billion. Lowering the deficit by $1.1 trillion. I mean, this is what has happened in two and a half years under President Biden. I've only just scratched the surface of the accomplishments of this administration, including lower gas prices. I, 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 you know, I don't understand people. Uh, this is what you're going to get from the corporate news media. It's not only the right wing. We know what the right wing's going to do. It's the corporate news media. 
It's the New York Times. The, the, you know, the newspaper that everyone, well, not everyone, but the right-wingers dishonestly say is, is a liberal newspaper. It's not left-leaning. It's not liberal at all. All these attacks on Vice President Kamala Harris, they're anti-black woman racist attacks. They're misogynoirist attacks from white female columnists like Gail Collins. And if you go to the uh, Washington Post, there's hit pieces there on Vice President Harris from white columnists. Ruth Marcus wrote this nasty editorial column, rather, on the Fulton County DA. And you know who she is. My name, uh, Fonnie Willis. I almost blanked on her name there. White female columnist showing you the resentment that they have for black women. The jealousy and the envy and the resentment. Because I think they know that they will never measure up. And so they now have to in the spirit of petulance and inferiority complex, bash a black woman and attack her in print like Gail Collins did with Vice President Harris. Oh, I'm on the anyone but Kamala Brigade. She actually wrote that this year. She actually wrote that this year. And that gets me into another subject, dear listener, which is really a subject that you heard me talk about many times. And if you're a black listening to me now, I have a question for you. Have you had enough yet? Have you had enough of the racist attacks? Have you had enough of the everyday racism that you face? Have you had enough of the everyday racism that you get from white people? in this country or in any country that you happen to be living in or any country that you happen to be listening to me from at this very moment? Have you had enough? I think I know the answer because I have. Absolutely have had enough of this. Every day of our lives as black people, we have experienced this. The vast majority of us Unless, of course, you're living in a place with no white person living there. But other than that, every day we experience this. And in any number of ways, I'm not going to say microaggression because all of it is racist. I don't want to hear about, well, it's a microaggression. See, this is a, how, how on earth are we going to sit here and try to downgrade what is happening to us. Because for me, microaggression trivializes and downgrades the experiences that we face in this country, the United States of America, or any other country that we as black people are in. I don't want to hear about, oh, microaggression. No. Call it what it is. Blatant anti-black racism. Call it what it is. You don't go around saying, I just got microaggressed. You don't go around talking like that. Who does? You go around saying things like, I was racially attacked. I was accosted by some racist white person. And I was accosted by some racist white person. In fact, it happens almost every day. 
including yesterday. When you jog down the street in broad daylight and you're jogging and you've got some white person dressed in it, I don't know what the F that was he was dressed in. And he says to you, get the fuck out of my city, you piece of shit. You don't have to use the word beginning with N to be characterized as a racist attack. You don't have to, as a white person, use that word. And this particular white person was a cowardly piece of garbage. He saw me running, I'm jogging. And so that was his cue to be the coward that he always I'm sure has been. And really what he was doing is talking to himself because that is who he is. And I didn't give him the time of day. He wouldn't have said it if I was just walking past him. But because I was running, it's not because of me doing anything, it's him. I'm running and so for him, in his cowardly mind, it's, oh, I'm going to be a racist piece of garbage now. And that's what he was. Haven't you had enough yet? If you're black listening to me, haven't you had enough? I know you have. I have too. But we soldier on, you and I, dear listener. We soldier on. And we hold our heads high. Because we know who we are. And I think the white people who behave in this racist manner, the white people out in the world who are racist, they also know who we are. They can't deal with our blackness. And they really can't deal with themselves. How are you going to go up to a complete stranger and have the arrogance to say, get the F out of my city when it's not even your city, mate? Ain't your city. It's none of our cities. San Francisco is none of our cities. It's Native American land. The Ohlone, I believe, I might be mispronouncing the, the name of the Native Americans who actually own this land. This is land, that's their land. It's their city. The arrogance of white people like this. And the blatant racism. San Francisco, by the way, was never a progressive city. I have never believed it. Maybe I believed it 40 years ago. But this city was never progressive. If you study the history of San Francisco, it's never been a progressive city. This was a clan town in the 1930s and 40s. Go study that. The population of black people here is less than 5%. In 2023. Doesn't matter that you have a black mayor. That means nothing. It doesn't matter that you've got a black police chief in this town. Doesn't mean a damn thing. Doesn't matter that you've got a black DA either. Because she refuses to charge black people who shoot black people dead. Banco Brown. She refuses to charge those cases. Especially that case. 
But if you're blacklisting to me, how do you respond to situations where you find yourself clearly being blatantly discriminated against? Clearly someone at a restaurant takes 25 minutes to come to you and present a menu to you. Clearly, when you've ordered your food, you're waiting 20 minutes plus for it to even arrive. And what you've ordered isn't something that's complicated or complex. And the restaurant that you're sitting in isn't especially busy. And then you see some white couple come in and they've been seated there for all of a minute and a half. They already have a menu given to them basically when they walk through the door. And, and dear listener, it's not more than seven minutes that passes by and they already have their appetizer. And you still don't have your order. And you've been sitting there now for half an hour. You've experienced that. I've experienced that. How do you respond to these things? The way I dealt with this racist piece of white garbage yesterday was to ignore him. I'm running. I'm not going to stop my run and waste my time on a piece of garbage like that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. These times are times that we've seen before in this world, in this country. And as I've always said, it's not that history repeats itself, dear listener. It's a question of how close are we along a sliding scale to where we were in the 1950s, in the 1960s, in the 1820s, in the 18. 18- 80s, in 1900, where are we along that line of history and continuum? Where are we? Well, I think we're much closer to the 1820s, if you, if you really want to know. And it's not that history repeats itself. These elements are always present, dear listener. And if you're black, as long as you've been alive, you've experienced racism. You've experienced anti-black racism. And you've experienced this from white people. And you may have experienced it from other people who are not white, who are maybe Asian, maybe, you know, Latino. But in this instance, and in any instance, most instances, it's a white person that's doing this to you. I like to talk about these things because it's important too. I don't love to talk about it. I like to talk about because it's actually healthy to talk about this, not just to you as a listener, but also to people I know personally and also to any, any, anybody I know. It's important not to internalize You have to speak up, speak out. Let people know. You have to. 
If you watch Roland Martin Unfiltered, which can be found on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Roland S as in Sam Martin. Every day from 6 p.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern from Monday through Friday. Or on the Black Star Network. Download the app for the Black Star Network. If you watch Roland Martin Unfiltered, you will see all of the stories there about what happens in black America, so to speak. You will see all the stories there. He and his team cover these stories and you never hear about them in the paper that you read, whether it's the New York Times or whether it's the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal or any other newspaper. Unless you're reading some black newspapers, and I'm talking about black-owned black newspapers, not the ones that pretend to be black-targeted but, and black-owned, but they're really not. Because we've got far too much entertainment with uh, black assignation to it. And what we as black folk need is black information and black news. And Roland Martin delivers those things on Roland Martin Unfiltered. The amounts of stories, good stories, positive stories, and also the racist stories, you know, the, ra- the, the stories of racism that happened to black people. Those stories are all there. You can see Vice President Harris doing a seven or eight city college tour of historically black universities and colleges. That doesn't get covered in the New York Times. Gail Collins writing a column about, oh, anyone but Kamala, ooh. That doesn't get covered in the Wall Street Journal. Doesn't get covered really in the Washington Post. Doesn't get covered on MSNBC in any appreciable way. CNN, forget it. And forget Fox, of course. That's not even on the a question. All of these things that the vice president's done, very busy. She's been all over the country and all around the world. And yet there's virtually no coverage of her. And when Mike Pence bent over to do up his shoelaces, to tie his shoelaces, there was coverage of it. And yet there's all this coverage. In fact, there's more coverage of the traitor, the twice impeached, four times indicted piece of garbage than there is on Vice President Harris on any given day of the week in the corporate news media here in the United States. There's more coverage, much more coverage, much more of an impeached twice, four times indicted disgrace and traitor to this country than there is to the sitting vice president of the United States. That should tell you everything. Should tell you everything. Or she tells you a lot about racism in this country and anti-black racism and tells you a lot about misogynoirist behavior from the corporate news media in this country. Whom all they want is dollars and advertising dollars and they are giving the same publicity for free to a twice impeached piece of garbage and four times indicted piece of garbage than they did even in 2015 and 16. Do not be distracted by all the noise. Focus on the mission. And the mission is to vote. I'll get to that in a few moments when we take a break here, but Dear listener, I want you to understand that if you have had enough of racism, in fact, if you're white listening to this and you've had enough of anti-black racism or racism of any kind, I want you as a white person to confront 
people in your family, the next time you hear them say something racist, you need to confront them. I don't care that it's uncomfortable for you. What do you think it is for us to be facing this every day? You need to be confronting your family member. And you need to make it very clear that those comments are not welcome from them. And that if you are a guest in their house, you will leave. Because it's going to happen in the next couple of months when we get to, what, Thanksgiving? However you want to call that day. When you're at someone's house as a white person and they make some racist comment. You know because you've heard it before. And you don't have to hear it on Thanksgiving. You can hear it any day of the week. Any day that you've been alive as a white person. You've heard someone white say something racist about someone else in your presence. And my question is, have you ever said anything? Have you ever spoken up about it? If I can pose the question to black people listening to this. What is your response when these racist things happen to you? I'm going to also pose the question to anyone listening to this now who is white. When a white person says something in your presence that is racist, that is anti-black racist, what's your response? What do you do? What do you say? Nothing? Or do you actually confront them? I want to know, I'd love to know, what's your response as a white person when someone white says something racist in your presence? There have been white people in this country and many other countries who have been racist for generations. That is not new or a surprise. I think where the real indictment beyond and as well as the obvious racists themselves, the real indictment is white people in the world who hear the racist comment and don't say anything against it. That's where the real crime is also committed. There's two crimes, the comment itself and the silence of that white person hearing another white person say something racist. You need to stop being silent. Stop being complicit. And start opening your big mouth. Haven't you had enough yet? Welcome back. Dear listener, thank you very much for your support. As always, don't forget you can follow me on Twitter. Or is that X now? I, By the way, I would not be paying a red cent for any posting on a platform. I don't care which platform it is in. Definitely not the platform of a racist. Uh, there's just no chance. Uh, a racist and a misogynist at that too. There's just no chance um, if this person who owns the X network or whatever the heck it's called now were tomorrow to decide to charge everyone for being on that platform, you would then say to me, adios, because I will be gone. I will not ever, ever pay for anything to do with a racist. And uh, by the way, you know, if, if it's a black platform, um, I, might, I might actually think about doing that because uh, 
it's important to support black businesses, black owned businesses and black social media platforms. And, and there are a few of them out there like Spill and Spoutable and Fanbase. Those are the three that I can think of right now. There may be more, uh, but those three are the ones I have top of mind. Fanbase, I think, is a really good one. I think Spoutable is excellent as well. And Spill is a solid platform as well. And it is a caters. It really does make no bones about catering to black people, which is good. I think that's a good thing. Because you've got not, well, I don't, want to, I don't want to say this is the reason why, I, I'll say and on another platform, X, you have Nazis openly out on the, on the platform. Openly. Nazis. So I, I think we should be really clear about this. So, no. Um, but anyway, the, all I'm trying to say here is that uh, you can find me on X, at least for the time being, at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. And also, by the way, uh, you can find me on numerous other platforms, including Spoutable. That's S-P-O-U-T-I-B-L-E. That's the platform. You can download their app on both Amazon, listen to me, on both Android and on Apple. And uh, you can find me on Spoutable at the, excuse me, at Popcorn R-E-E-L, at Popcorn R-E-E-L, at Popcorn R-E-E-L on Spoutable. And of course, you can find me in a number of other places. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel for this podcast, which is youtube.com forward slash at sign the politocrat P-O-D. So there you have it. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, download and, and share the episodes. Thank you very much indeed. Now, voting, because yesterday, by the way, here in the United States was National Voter Registration Day. And I hope you checked your voter registration, but you don't have to do it on Voter Registration Day. I hope you are checking your registration quite frequently, once uh, or twice a month, I think would be really good. Um, just to make sure that you are um, not being left off the rolls or the Republicans aren't doing that to you. Make sure that they're not um, trying to get you off the rolls because, you know, Republicans now are doing that with the laws all over the country. So make sure that you are registered to vote. And if you're not registered to vote, please register right now. Go to vote.org, vote.org, V-O-T-E, that's Victor, Oscar, I guess, uh, Tanya, um, Elaine, and I can't think of any other names other than those at the minute just pop in my head, dot O-R-G, vote dot O-R-G. You can check your voter registration there or you can register to vote if you've not registered. Remember, you um, can do that and do it now. Don't wait because next year is going to be a hell. It's going to be a hell. It's going to be a mad dash. Please vote, uh, register to vote now. Check your voter registration now. And because if there's something wrong, on your voter registration, you have more than enough time to get it fixed and you can get it fixed right away. One of the things that I think is really good news and it came out of Pennsylvania yesterday is that the governor of the state of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, who of course used to be the attorney general of the state, announced that in Pennsylvania now, there is automatic voter registration so that whenever you go to the DMV to get a renewed renewed driver's license or a driver's ID or any kind of ID to do with the state from the DMV, or if you're getting your driver's license for the first time or you're renewing it, whatever it is, you will automatically be registered to vote. You don't have to register to vote. It will automatically be done for you. 
unless you say, no, I don't want you to register me to vote. I don't want to be registered. That's the only way you can stop that from happening. And I don't know why anybody would want to say, well, I don't want to be registered to vote, because still, the final option to actually get out into the ballot box and vote is yours. So you should be wanting to be registered to vote. So you really should be. And that is really great news out of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a very important state. We saw how important it was for President Biden or at that time, Vice President Biden back in 2020. And in fact, it was Pennsylvania, if I'm right in saying, that took him over the top and confirmed him as the uh, next president, the 46th president of the United States at the time. And so, you know, this election is going to be crucial next year. Primaries are coming up, of course, in the next few months. There's state votes all over the place this year. Some of them, uh, Ohio's had one or is having one, uh, did have one. And you, know, you have all these states doing all these things with voting. And then you've got the primaries next year. So look, this is an important time. Please register to vote. Don't wait. Don't be late. Don't hesitate. Make sure you get out there and vote. Make sure you register to vote. Make sure you check your voter registration now. Do not wait till next year. I know it's a year and away. It's like, oh, it's a year away. No, this is going to come by so quickly. I just talked earlier about how fast the summer went by and how quickly the fall will go this year. And you'll already be into January and February of 2024 before you know it. So believe me, you'll get past Halloween and then you'll get to Thanksgiving and then it'll be Christmas or whatever holiday you observe or celebrate or you may not at all. And then next minute, you know, it's already February. And then you're talking about primaries. I mean, this is going to come by real quick, folks. It really will. So I want you to really key in on voting. It is too important not to. You have to get out there and vote. Voting is critical. Registering to vote is critical. Getting out there and registering people to vote is critical. Point them to vote.org. If you're not someone that wants to go out, even with COVID still around and it's still here, and you don't want to go knocking on people's doors, and why would you really want to knock on someone's door? Well, you know what happened to Ralph Yall. You know what happened to A.J. Owens. You know, just for knocking on a door. That's not even a reason, right? But the point is, is that you've got some crazy people out here. You've got some violent people out here. Forget the crazy part. Because we always want to call people who do these things crazy or mentally ill. They're violent. You've got some violent ass, hateful people out here, white people who are doing this, who I wouldn't want to knock on any of their doors. I, I really wouldn't. Not in any of these places. I mean, we've seen, I've seen this story so many times. Um, remember Renisha McBride back in 2013 or 14 or whenever it was? And she knocked on the door in Michigan and she had a nasty, horrible car crash. Black woman, car crash, car accident in the middle of the night. It was early on a Saturday morning or something like that. And her car was, it was wrecked and she almost got killed. And she got out of the car and she sought help from this nearby town neighborhood. And this white guy shot her through a screen door twice. Point blank. Point blank. Shot her dead. Ralph Yall, remember him earlier this year, back in April of 2023? He knocked on the wrong door. Complete mistake. It's dark. Complete mistake. He went to the wrong door. 
it was, I think, a block away. The actual correct door is a block away or something like that. And he was just trying to pick up his brother, pick up his brothers. And some racist-ass white person, 83-year-old, whatever the hell, I don't care how old he is, shot this man, shot this young boy, because he's not a man, because you know how we liked him. I fell in the trap briefly there. You know, we like to make black boys and black girls seem like they're somehow 25 years old when they're only 11 or 14 or 12. You know, you know how that racism goes as well. And so he knocks on the door and this guy shoots him in the head and shoots him in when he's on the ground. No one just shoots him, shoots him, tells him to get out of here. Thank goodness he's going to be standing trial. His people don't want to face responsibility. His defense attorney, oh, well, he's too old. He can't. Yeah, right. Shoot first and ask questions never and then hide and then absolve yourself of responsibility because you don't want to be responsible. And the society tells white people that they don't have to be responsible for their actions. Madison Avenue tells white people that they don't have to be responsible for their actions. Just go look at the kinds of advertising that comes out of Madison Avenue. Look at all the magazine covers, all the magazine ads that tell you this, that tell white people this, that tell anyone this. So that's the reality of this. And the reality is, is that we must get out there and register people to vote, whether it's on social media, send send that website around, vote.org. And there are others. There's there's also Until We All Vote, something like that, that organization that's a nonpartisan organization. And vote.org is also nonpartisan. And there's vote.gov as well. And there's a number of others. Black Voters Matter. I would love for you to donate to Black Voters Matter, dear listener. You can go type in that uh, in the search engine, Black Voters Matter, get their website, donate to them. They do a lot of excellent work. There's also Voto Latino and a number of other places. Chuck Rocha, who I spoke to on this podcast uh, back in 2020, I think it was, his organization is doing excellent work. Uh, all these organizations, Black Voters Matter, have just been brilliant. Um, so look, Stacey uh, Abrams, Fair Fight, Fair Action, um, uh, her organization's done a stellar job as well. Really was a big factor in getting Biden over the over the top in Georgia. Um, so look, you know, we we have to get out there and do this now. We cannot wait till next year. These Republicans are already doing their things right now out in the open. So we have to get way ahead of the job here and get this done. And we've got lots of work to do, as Mavis Staples, Mavis Staples would say. Uh, and, and continues to say on her album. Um, no Time for Crying is the song, by the way. You can go look that up. No Time for Crying. Um, listen to that song from Na- Mavis Staples. I keep saying Staples. Mavis Staples of the original Staples Sisters, of course, or the Staples Singers. Uh, I'll take you there. And I think she'll take you there as she continues to do great music and do great work. We've got to vote and we've got to register to vote first before we can even vote. And yes, the Republicans are doing everything they can to lower the number of voters so that they can try to steal these elections. Because that's the only way they can win by, is by cheating and stealing. Because that's what the Republican Party is now. They are a criminal outfit and they have been for quite some time. And you and I cannot allow them to get away with their criminality. You and I cannot afford to stay home 
because the last time many of us stood home was in 2016. And you see what that brought you. You see what that brought all of us. I sometimes think that there are people in this country who are just plain bored. People here in the United States who are just plain bored. Bored out of their skulls. Oh, yawn, yawn. We want authoritarianism. We're bored. Bored out of our skulls. I mean, that's the impression I get. But I think that impression is partly colored by the fact that the corporate news media in this country is absolutely ceding the floor to fascists and authoritarians. And with their kiss-up to fascism going on full throttle and on steroids, that's the impression anyone would get, is that people are waiting for fascism. I mean, that's really what the coverage is telling you. You don't hear from Biden supporters. You only hear from the fascist supporters. That's who you're hearing from. And that's deliberate. That is not by accident. This is for ratings. It's for all kinds of things. And again, Les Moonves, he's wrong about a lot of things. And of course, in my view, he's a sexual predator. One thing, the one thing that he got right in his whole life. And I know he used to be the CEO of CBS. And you might call that not getting something right. But the one thing he did get right. And he's still alive, by the way. But the one thing he got right in his whole life so far is it may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. He's absolutely right about that. And he said that right here in San Francisco, by the way, back in February of 2016, of all times. And he's not been proven wrong about that since. And the whole of the corporate news media is running and operating on Les Moonves' famous quote or infamous quote. We have to start operating on an agenda that brings empowerment to black people, empowerment to poor people of all backgrounds, and an agenda that brings justice, climate justice as well, and a more evenly matched society, a society that gives black folk opportunity, genuine opportunity, a society that promotes anti-racism, instead of anti-black racism. There are lots of other issues, of course, to add on to that, but those are the ones that are important to me at this moment and have been forever. Lots of issues are important to me, but those ones are foremost. Better education as well. All kinds of things. Better health outcomes. Vote for your future. You can't just sit home you got no choice. You've got to get out there and vote. These Republicans want to make sure that you never get to vote again. So why waste an opportunity when your vote's being taken away from you? You're going to just sit there and allow it? When you sit home, you take your vote away from yourself. You take away your own power. Why would you vote to be weaker? Or why would you not vote at all? making you weaker in the process, disqualifying yourself before you've even woken up in the morning. Why? Say why. Why would you do that to yourself? Heck, if they're paying you, I hope they're paying you a lot. 
Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.